Matthew 19, 26, uh, Jesus is answering here with hope. With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And notice that Christ is talking about the fact that even a rich man, even folks who trust in their riches, that if they put their faith and trust in God, because remember that there are folks not only here in Bible times in the New Testament in Jesus's day that were trusting in their riches, there are a lot of folks in our day who trust in things. They trust in their riches. Uh, they trust in someone or something else other than in God and in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus said that, yes, rich people trust in their possessions. They are their gods, if you will. I think there are a lot of Christians that are trusting in their possessions. They're trusting in their bank accounts. They're trusting in, uh, as folks heard the other day, uh, in the stimulus. And wow, we're going to get another stimulus. And by the way, I hope you don't think that's free. And I'll just throw that out there. That's free for you, by the way. Free advice is I hope we don't think this is free because we will pay it back. And uh, I, I was driving up to the hospital last week to see Lori after work at, at Cleveland. And there, and I'm sure that some of you, if you travel on uh, that road, you may have seen it too, is the national debt uh, was, and I say this, was $29 trillion. And now it's even more because we just signed uh, almost a, a $2 trillion uh, stimulus package to pay for all of the liberal uh, ideas and agenda that they want to pass. And I can't even imagine a million dollars. I don't know about you. Uh, maybe God has inherently made you rich. I'm rich in the Lord, but uh, I can't even imagine a million dollars, yet alone a trillion. But Jesus said here that it is not impossible for a rich man to be saved and to enter into the kingdom of heaven because with men this is impossible. Men might say, oh, don't even bother going and, and witnessing to rich people and people who have possessions because they'll not listen to the word of God. But Jesus said here he wanted his disciples to know something. They said, who then can be saved? And Jesus answers with a verse in verse 26, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I want to talk about growing again, part two in growing spiritually in faith. What does it mean to trust God? There are nine references in our King James Bible that refer to the word impossible. And in, in the whole Bible, you can look at the fact that God doesn't like in his vocabulary, except to use it in a negative way, the word impossible. Because our God is the God of possibilities not the God of impossibilities. He is not the God who says, oh, that's too hard for me. You remember what Sarah said and, and Abram when uh, God promised them a son and remember that uh, Abram and Sarah and all that they could do tried to run ahead of God and, and tried to doubt God that, that God's timing was not what it should be. And the Bible says nothing is too hard for the Lord. Think about that. Nothing that God has willed to do is too hard for the Lord because God will accomplish his purposes. God will accomplish his will. All we have to do is get on board with his purposes, with his plan, with his will, and he will do what he has said. So the word impossible, 
What do we do when it seems impossible? When our prayers seem impossible? When the things that we're praying for, when that person, that family member that we're praying for seemingly doesn't care about the things of God, doesn't even believe that God exists or maybe thinks that if God does exist, certainly we can't know Him. What do we do when those prayers seem impossible? As we persevere with trusting God that any heart, that any life could not be so cold against God that God is working in and through that person, that God is speaking to that person, that God is is using even the circumstances of life, even COVID-19, to get that person's attention. Maybe it is through the death of a family member, oftentimes, that God brings people to uh, the, the fact that they need to think about their very own life and how that life is so short in comparison to eternity, folks. That we persevere in prayer for that person to be saved because, because it is the heart of God for all men to be saved. It's God's desire. It's God's love. It's God's character that he wants people to be saved no matter who they are, whether they're trusting in their money, whether they're trusting in themselves, whether they have set themselves up as a, as a God. That God says to his disciples here, with men this is impossible, but with me all things are possible. There's no one that is too wicked, that is too ungodly, that God will not save them if they call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to trust God with the seemingly impossible. Those other references that we have in the Bible that talk about and use the word impossible, as there's only nine, uh, is Mark chapter 9, verse 23, if you'll go there with me. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. We see again that the word impossible is not really something that, that God even has in his vocabulary. As God says, I'm the God who makes all things possible when it has to do with what I have willed to do. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. In Mark 9, verse 23, the Bible says this, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to him that believeth. You see, God says that with him all things are possible. Then in Matthew chapter 17, in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20, once you notice this phrase that God says that he is not the God of impossibilities, he's the God of possibilities. In Matthew 17 and verse 20, the Bible says there in verse 20, and Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. When the disciples thought that they could heal others, when the disciples thought that it was in their power, that it was in their ability to be able to heal this man, God had to show them otherwise. See, a lot of times it's about what we think we can do. Did you ever come to a task and think, I've done this so many times. I know how to do it. And oftentimes God has to show us, thou fool, you really think you can do this in your own strength? Who gave you the ability to work? Who gave you the ability to be able to think? 
is that God has to show us oftentimes how foolish we are in our own thinking of thinking we can do it. That we can do it without Him. God is the one who has given us the ability to be able to think, the ability to be able to do. And oftentimes we think, boy, I can just do this because I know how to do it. But it is God who says here to the disciples because of their unbelief. You see, they had thought that they could just, in the name of Jesus and their own power, heal this individual. And the Bible says that Jesus rebuked them for their unbelief because they had no faith. And again, talking about faith as a grain of mustard seed, the smallest of seeds. That's all the faith that God says it takes. Full assurance in one's heart that what God has said, God has promised, and God will do. Now, that doesn't mean this, folks. Faith isn't this. Oh, whatever I ask God to do, God is obligated to do because I prayed about it. That's not what the Bible's talking about at all. There are some in our world, uh, the name it and claim it group, that says whatever we pray over, whatever we ask God to do, God is obligated to move His hand to do that. That is nowhere to be found in the Scriptures. However, what God has willed to do when we pray in His will... And in Jesus' name, God will do that because He has willed it so. It's His plan. It's His purpose. You can never go wrong when you pray in line with God's Word and with what God has willed to do. God desires that all men everywhere be saved. Men, women, and children. We'll just say that because God has generalized it as mankind. I know we have to specifically say those things today that uh, especially with this uh, gender-neutral crowd and this transgender crowd that we now have, who, by the way, are the minority in society. They're not the majority, folks. They may be making people think that these people are the majority. They're not. The Bible says God created them male and female. He named it so in the beginning that God created man and God created woman. And that is the only two sexes, by the way, that God created, a man and a woman. And uh, so we have to understand that whatever God has willed to be done, God says He will do. So we pray in the will of God, in the name of Jesus, and God will do what He has said He will do. And He rebukes the disciples here for not having faith that if they just had faith as a grain of mustard seed, this man would have been healed. This uh, son of this man would have been healed who was lunatic and sore vex, who had been falling into the fire and, uh, and off into the water. And the man says he brought his uh, son to the disciples and they could not heal him. Why? Because of their unbelief. Many times God says, I want to bless you. God says, I want to pour out a blessing on you. Can't you just trust me? Can't you just believe me? I've got this blessing waiting for you. And we miss many times the full blessing of God because we're not trusting him with that childlike faith. As we said last week, there is faith that we put in Jesus Christ for salvation But folks, there is faith after salvation. 
Faith to live the Christian life is what the Bible is speaking about. The just shall live by faith. And the Bible says that we walk by faith and we are not to walk by sight, by what we can see. Oftentimes we walk by sight. Oh boy, this is impossible. And you know, I, I'm, I'm to be included in that as many times I can, I can be negative and I shouldn't be. I see a situation and think gloom and doom. Is this will never happen. That's where God wants to step in. And God says, just trust me, my child, is I am the God of impossibilities. Even the very laws of nature. You know that a miracle breaks the laws of nature that God has put into place? Those true scientific laws is a, a miracle breaks those laws that God has even put in place is it defies and it breaks those. It's outside of the bounds of of those laws of nature. God says, I'm going to do something and I'm going to show you my might and my power. Just trust me. Think about this. That if Noah wouldn't have believed God by faith and found grace in the eyes of the Lord, Noah would never have set out to build that ark. Noah would have stayed right where he was at and said, Lord, I've never seen it rain before. I've never seen a worldwide flood. You want me to what? You want me to build a what? An ark. An ark so large that it would house not only the animals that were necessary to continue on life in the animal kingdom, but that would continue on life for human beings as we know it. Of just Noah and his family, the only ones who believed God, by the way, and stepped out by faith into that ark and God shut the door before the rest of the world was destroyed by a worldwide flood. For sin, trusting God with the seemingly impossible. Notice this. A.W. Tozer said this, God is looking for those with whom He can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. And it stops with human reasoning. I mean, we're no different many times than those who are outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, Tozer said here, as God is looking for those with whom He can do the impossible that will just trust Him. And oftentimes we say, Lord, well, you don't understand. I'm limited. I don't have the mind. I don't have the ability. I don't have the skills. Lord, I don't have... Uh, this or that. I don't have these characters that you've put in other people. I'm not super spiritual like the preacher. And the pre preacher is not super spiritual, by the way, but sometimes we think like that. As we put the preacher up on a pedestal or we put the missionary, Lord, I'm not super spiritual like those missionaries. God is saying, I just want humble servants with whom I can do the impossible through that will just come before me and say, Lord, I can't do it because it's not going to be me in my power. It's not going to be my arm of flesh. I'm trusting you, the almighty God, to do what is seemingly impossible, but what is so possible by faith in you. There's nothing impossible with God. Hebrews 6.18 says it is impossible for God to lie. Yet why is it so hard for us as his children to believe him? It's impossible for God to lie. God wouldn't tell us something in his word 
that we couldn't trust, that we couldn't put confidence in. The promises of God are what we need to walk on when it comes to our faith and our relationship with God and our living for Christ. We walk on the promises of God. If we're not walking on the promises of God, then we're trusting in or putting our confidence in someone or something other than God. That's sad because a lot of folks today look at circumstances. Oh, preacher, I'd serve God if. Lord, I'd serve you if. We put a qualifier there. God says, serve me no matter what. You can trust me. Don't look at your bank account. Don't look at the government to bail us out because believe me, they won't. The sting is coming with these stimulus packages. The taxes will follow, by the way. And, uh, and, and, and the... Uh, uh, the bills will rack up when it comes to things like this. I mean, look at our government for a minute, spending trillions of dollars, not even thinking twice about it, yet telling you to get on budget with your finances. And, your, and, and when it comes to health care and some of the, the cost of how things are so expensive, some of these tests and some of these, uh, uh, someone was telling me the other day, and, and, and I'm thankful to God that God has provided Abby's insulin and her, um, supplies when it comes to diabetes, but someone was talking the other day about how expensive their insulin was as a diabetic, even with their 80-20 insurance, that how expensive hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars just to buy insulin. I don't even think I could add up all the costs if we looked at how much it costs to be able to medically pay for what Abby gets. And what is provided. And thank God that God provides that. But some folks are not even able to get those things in our country. And yet our government spends trillions of dollars not even thinking twice about that. So we look at the circumstances. We look at the storm when Jesus said, peace be still to the storm. The disciples were looking at the water coming into the boat. And, and by the way, that boat was starting to sink, but they forgot who was in the boat with them. That it was Jesus Christ who, for the purpose of laying his head down to rest physically as a man who was tired of preaching and tired of traveling in the journey, that Jesus as man was sleeping, but God was not. That God was right there in the boat with them. And they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Certainly the Lord cared about them. The Lord's trying to teach them a lesson on faith. You say, oh Lord, I don't think I can handle this spiritual storm that's going on. Or Lord, I don't think I can handle this, this problem that's happening uh, within my family or, or this thing that's going on within the church. Uh, so many times we look at the waves. We look at the circumstances. We look at the storm instead of the one who created the storm for the purpose of stretching and strengthening our faith. Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please God without faith. It's in the negative there. But by faith, let's put it in the positive for a moment. By faith, God says it's possible to please me. Trust me. Give me your cares. Give me your concerns. Give me your burdens. Give me your problems. Give me your life. Faith does not operate in the realm of what is seemingly possible. 
There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. And many times, folks, our idea of faith is unbelief. Because we're only looking at what you and I can do. We're only looking, well, a church just can't grow today like that, preacher. Uh, We've just got to trust in, in, in the modern methods. And I'm telling you that, folks, churches, there's nothing wrong with churches having programs and and having all these things. But as we talked about in Sunday school, there is something wrong with churches leaving God out of those programs and not putting God at the center of worship is they can have all the programs in the world and everything for families and children and all these uh, children ministry and all these Bible studies. But if they don't have God at the center of their worship, they're missing God. It's by faith. That we trust the Lord. It's not by what we can see humanly possible being done. Faith begins where man's power ends. I like that. I like that. Faith begins where man's power ends. Lord, I can't do it. Lord, we as a local church body cannot do it. It has to be you. I'm praying for God to do great and mighty things. I'm praying for God to do what is seemingly impossible in our finite minds, for God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think, is we need to pray big, folks. We need to dream big when it comes to the purposes of God and when it comes to God, who is the God of the impossibles. But we need to pray and dream big within the will of God. Romans 8, 28 one of my favorite verses in the Bible is this. Romans 8, 28, and I don't want to misquote it to you, nor do I want to paraphrase it. I'd rather read it. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. How many things work together for good to them that love God? Some things. No, all things, right? All things. So as we consider all things working together for good. Now, does God say that all things are good when we look at them from our perspective? No. You know, there's a reason why God holds us up sometimes from work. Is that we may never see that. There are sometimes that we see those things. I mean, there are sometimes that a wreck is, it was going to be right there on our way or on our path. God held us up for some reason. I remember in one particular time, I remember that in traveling on deputation, I remember that uh, I think it was Victoria, Missy, she knows all the stories really well, but I think it was Victoria was really fussy and she just wouldn't settle down. And, uh, and, and, and we'd stop to eat something. And I think we were on our way somewhere, uh, driving for like 12 hours and and God was, I was just getting so upset. I was like, Lord, we need to get from point A to point B. We need to be in this hotel by a certain certain time or, or, or we're just going to get delayed. I mean, we won't make this meeting tonight. And uh, I remember her being really fussy and, and uh, spitting up a bottle or something like that. I'll embarrass her now. But uh, as a baby and, and just... And, 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 and all kinds of other things happening right there. And it's like, okay, where's this at? And you have to dig through the trunk to find this because your trunk's full of uh, suitcases and everything as a missionary looking for this thing. And what can we get? Where's the pacifier at? Can't find that right now. And I remember that there was a horrible wreck that had happened on that interstate and that had 
shut that interstate down or something like that. And we would have been right there at that time in that crash as it involved multiple cars. God knows. Sometimes we think God's holding us up. How wrong are we? God says, I'm never late, child. I'm always right on time. Just trust me. Put in my care your every need, your everything. Faith begins where man's power ends. Here, God tells us all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Those who choose to live by faith will see God do things that to us look impossible, but God says, that was nothing. I I flung the stars into space. I created all that there is, all that you can see, plus what you cannot see, and spoke it into existence. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Can you imagine? God says, that's not hard. That's me. What we think is impossible, God says, that was nothing. Because I'm God. I am the God of possibilities. We have to cast our impossibilities in God's hands. Have you given it to him, Christian? Have you given those cares? Have you given those burdens? Are you trying to carry them around? Oh, it's another day and I've got to carry this burden and I've got to do this thing and I've got to deal with all these problems. I've got to deal with the kids or I've got to deal with the grandkids. And I know some of you are going through some things now that you may never share with me, but God knows about it. And I want you to know that God cares about those things today. That God is concerned about every detail of our lives. Have you put it into his hands? Have you given him your impossibilities and put it into his hands? Just as God parted the Red Sea, it wasn't difficult for him. God knew exactly what he planned for his people. In front of Israel was a sea, a water of uh, a wall of water, if you will, the Red Sea. Behind them, as they turned around and looked, was Pharaoh and his army pursuing them. Their backs, if you will, are against the wall, but God says, in my timing, he had Moses stretch out that rod and God divided that sea. And the Bible says that the children of Israel walked across on dry ground. Just at the right time as Pharaoh's army continued to pursue in their chariots as Israel was walking across and Pharaoh tried again to kill and defeat Israel. God allowed the water to cave in only on them. If you read the story correctly, the same God who parted the Red Sea is the same God who raised his son Jesus from the dead by his own power. The same God who saved Saul of Tarsus, whom we know as Paul, the apostle. The same God is capable of reversing our irreversible problems. The same God who was there when a marriage was broken apart is able to restore and is able to bring healing. The same God that is there in the heartache of a broken heart is able to restore and repair and heal and allow that person to go on for God instead of many times as some folks do blaming God as even Christians do when our lives are lived in obedience to God's will nothing is impossible we need to dream big but dream biblically folks I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to first John 
1 John chapter 5. And I love this verse because when we're trusting God by faith, when we have full assurance in our heart to trust the promises of God, God will never fail. He's always faithful. And that's the wonderful thing is that you can put your faith in a faithful God who's trustworthy. People will fail us. Things will fail us. Bank accounts will fail us. Investments will fail us. I, I mean, maybe you saw, I heard other people talking about uh, their uh, 401k losing thousands of dollars and that hiccup, you know, and, and maybe there was a little bit of gain there, but losing thousands of dollars. I've known uh, people that uh, love the Lord that lost half of their retirement fund back several years ago when we went into a recession. That, that seemingly within weeks, there was nothing that could be done about it, that those people were on retirement receiving the money that they had invested and it lost nearly half almost within weeks of those investments. Because folks, those things are not stable, but our God is stable. First John chapter 5 and verse 15 says, and if we know uh, back in verse uh, uh, 13, sorry, 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Confidence is full assurance in the heart. It is a rock-solid faith grounded in Jesus Christ. This is the confidence, mark it down, that we have in God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So in your prayers, don't think, oh, well, God's not going to do that because that's the devil telling you and I that. Oh, God can't do that. God can't save your mom or dad or brother or sister or aunt or uncle or cousin. God can't save your neighbor. That's exactly what the devil wants us to think is God has purposed that he desires for that person to be saved. He wants that person to be saved. God said he is not willing that any should perish. Pray for that person to be saved. Pray in faith. And the Bible says that when we pray in the will of God, Knowing that God hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Does that mean, folks, that everybody on the face of the earth is going to come to faith in Jesus Christ? No, because some have in their heart defied God, defied his word, refused salvation. But we need to pray from the heart of God that it is God's will for everyone to be saved. I like what Charles Spurgeon said in one illustration. Charles Spurgeon said, put a mark on every man, woman, and child. Those are the people whom God wants to save. Go tell them about Jesus and witness to them and pray for them and pray for them until they come to Christ. And some folks uh, are, are very negative about Charles Spurgeon and, 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 and have been in his ministry, but he loves souls. And he lo loved the souls of men, women, and children. He said, put a mark on everyone. And those are the people you tell about Jesus Christ. Because God is not willing that any should perish. When you pray for God to do something in and through our life and in and through his church, are we praying to the God of the impossible? 
what's impossible in our life right now. What is it that's impossible? Is it that financial burden? Is it that job? Is it that difficulty with a family member or a friend? Is it that difficulty with someone at work? Is, is it because of the fact that you have prayed for in the past and this person didn't come to Christ or, or you're trying to minister to that folk uh, over there or this individual and, and it hasn't come to fruition? Is don't give up. Pray to the God of the impossible. Turn it around. He's the God of possibilities. And He will carry out His will in our lives. God will do great and mighty things, folks, right here with us, through us, as New Liberty Baptist Church. God wants to do great and mighty things in and through our lives this year. How's He going to do that as we grow spiritually by faith? Don't look at what we can see. Too many times we're looking at what we can see. We want something visible, and God says, don't look at that, look at me. Trust me, God is a spirit. Then they that worship him, the Bible says, worship him in spirit and in truth. The problem too many times is that we get out of this book, we get out of God's word, we start to rationalize things, and just like the world, we start to think that we have it figured out, that God doesn't know anything. I mean, we may not say that to him, but we live like that many times is God really doesn't know what he's doing. He, he really doesn't understand what's happening in this world. No, God fully understands what's going on. God is on his throne and he is Lord of heaven and earth. He's still sovereign, folks. He's never stepped down from his throne and he is doing and accomplishing his will and his purpose in and through his people's lives. All we have to do is trust him. God is concerned about that financial burden. God's concerned about the fact that that need in our life is there. Have we given it to him? Have we put him first? Have we trusted him? Have we even prayed about it? Many times, as we mentioned Wednesday night, is God is a last resort and we go to him last. We go to him to pick up the pieces. Nothing wrong with that because sometimes we do leave God out of the equation and we go, oh Lord, fix this problem. And God says, I've been here all along. I've been here waiting for you to trust me. And now you're coming to me last. And God says, I'm going to meet your need. I'm going to come and pick up the pieces. I'm going to restore. I'm going to heal. I'm going to forgive. But if we would have only went to God first in faith, as the disciples should have, and trusted him to heal this man's son, instead of in unbelief coming and saying, we, we don't understand. Why is this? man not healed. Why has he not been healed as the others? Because they thought they could do it. They lacked faith. And it is necessary in the Christian life to live a life of faith, to please God, the God who cannot lie, the God of the seemingly impossible, the God who makes all things possible when it has to do with his will with his plan, with his purposes in and through our life and in and through his church, because faith only begins where our power as man ends. Faith only begins where man's power ends. That's when faith steps in. Is it doesn't matter what folks are saying. It doesn't matter uh, what, what the devil is saying right now, because the devil, if he can cast doubt 
on the promises of God. He did it with Eve and he's doing it with you and I today. He is a master of it. And he says, did God really say that? Did God really say that? You better question it. Well, when we question God's word in that way, we start to cast doubt on the purposes and plans of God, on God's will. Yea, hath God said, ask the question, did God really say that, Eve? Rethink this a minute. And casting doubt upon God's word is the lie of the devil from the beginning of his fall. When he was cast out of heaven as Lucifer and became the devil himself, that old serpent, the slanderer, the liar, Jesus called him, the liar from the beginning. And we believe him too many times instead of having faith in God. Just trust God and we will see that God is good all the time. No matter what circumstances are happening, no matter what problems are going on, no matter many times, and we don't have this right now, but I can say that any church that is serving Christ and moving forward does have problems, does have difficulties. We'll have the devil fighting from within, as the devil always attacks the church from within, by the way, so keep that in mind. He's never outside looking in saying, how can I get in there? He's always working from the inside to blow a church up. But when people are trusting God by faith, it is so hard for the devil to get a foothold and a stronghold. When we're living by faith instead of by sight, then it doesn't matter what comes our way because we know that the one who created the storm is guiding us through the storm as we trust him and will bring us safely to the other side. I'm looking forward to my home. It's not here in this world, but it's heaven. I'm looking forward to being with Jesus in home, at home one day. You ever go on a long trip or been away on a, a, a long vacation or maybe it, was, maybe it was the military and you thought, I just want to go home. <laughs> this isn't home. I remember in summer camp as a kid and, and being away for a week seemed like so, so long the week and I just wanted to get home as a young kid. Yeah, it was fun and yeah, it was exciting, but I just wanted to go home. You know, that longing needs to be in our heart that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that this is not our home, but we're trusting God that no matter what happens here in this life, we are going to serve Jesus Christ in these last days and be faithful. Even if other folks are turning their back on God, because I believe that there are many who are saying it's not worth it. It's not worth serving Jesus Christ. We need to be faithful. We need to trust our faithful God. Growing spiritually in 2021 in faith, God will bless as we trust His Word.